Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. On today's episode, a a listener writes in and they have a great question. What does the Bible say about questioning God? Well, wow, this is a big question, and uh, it's a really important thing for us to understand today. Now, Christians can and they even should wrestle with what the Bible uh, teaches to submit to the Bible. And yet, wrestling with the Bible in earnest is not only an intellectual exercise, it also involves the heart. Studying the Bible at only an intellectual level alone, it leads to knowing the right answers without applying the truth of God's Word to one life. And yet, grappling with the Bible, it means engaging what it says intellectually and even at a heart level to experience life transformation by the Spirit of God and bear fruit for God's a glory alone. To question the Lord is not wrong itself. Habak the prophet had questions concerning the Lord and his plan, but rather than being rebuked for his questions, he got them answered. He ends his book with a song to the Lord. Questions are put to the Lord in the Psalms, in, for example, in Psalm 10, 44, 74, and 77. And although the Lord does not answer questions in the way that we want, the Lord welcomes questions from heart-seeking truth in his word. In fact, question, uh, questions that question the Lord and impugn the character of God are sinful. Hebrews 11.6 states clearly that anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. After King Saul disobeyed the Lord, his questions went unanswered in 1 Samuel 28, verse 6. Having doubts is different from questioning the sovereignty of God and impugning his character. An honest question is not a sin, but a rebellious, untrusting heart is sinful. The Lord is not intimidated by questions. He invites people to close fellowship with himself. But the main issue at stake is whether we have faith in him or have unbelief. Our heart attitude, which the Lord sees, determines whether it is right or wrong to question the Lord. And at issue in this question is, is what the Bible declares explicitly to be sin and those things not directly listed as sin. In fact, the scripture gives various sin lists in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, and Galatians 5, 19 through 21. These passages present activities they describe as sinful. Now, the more difficult uh, issue here is determining what is sinful in areas that the scripture does not address. When the scripture does not cover a certain subject, we have the principles of the word to guide the people of God. It's good to ask whether something is wrong, but it's even better to ask if it's definitely good. Uh, Colossians 4.5 teaches the people of God that they are to make the most of every opportunity. Our lives are but a vapor, and so we should focus our lives on what is helpful for the building up of others, according to their need, Ephesians 4.29. Now, to test whether a thing is definitely good, and if you should do it, 
in good conscience and whether you should ask the Lord to bless it, it's best to consider whether you're doing it in light of first Corinthians 10:31. So whether you drink, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. If you doubt whether it pleases God after examining your decision in light of first Corinthians 10:31, then you need to abandon it. Uh, Romans 14:23 says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Every part of our lives, it belongs to the Lord, for we have been redeemed and we belong to him. Now, the previous biblical truth should guide not only what we do, but also where we go in our lives as Christians. In fact, in evaluating our actions, we need to do so in relation to the Lord and their effect on our family, our friends, and even others. While our actions or our behavior may not harm others, it, it still might harm another person. And here we need discretion, even the wisdom uh, of our pastors and mature saints in our local church, and so, so we don't lead others to violate their conscience. And most importantly, Jesus Christ is, is the Lord and the Savior of the people of God, so nothing should be allowed to take priority over the Lord in our lives. No ambition, no habit, or even recreation should be allowed to have undue influence on our lives. For only Christ should have that authority in our lives as Christian. Now, now doubt is an experience that everyone experiences. Even those with faith in the Lord struggle from time to time with doubt and say with a man in, in Mark 9, 24, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, some people are significantly hindered by doubt, while others see it as a springboard to life. Others still see doubt as an obstacle to be overcome. Now, classical humanism says that doubt, which is uncomfortable, is vital for life. Rene Descartes once said, if you would be a real seeker after truth, it's necessary that at least once in your life you, you doubt as far as possible all things. Similarly, the founder of Buddhism once said, doubt everything, find your own light. As Christians, if we take their advice, we would have to doubt what they said, which is contradictory. Uh, so instead of taking the advice of skeptics and, and false teachers, let's examine what the Bible teaches. Doubt can be identified or defined as a lack of confidence or, or to consider something unlikely. We, we see the first mention of doubt in Genesis 3 when, when Satan tempted Eve. There the Lord has given a command regarding not eating from the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil and even specified the consequences of disobedience. Satan introduced doubt into Eve's mind when he, when he asked, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of the tree in, in the garden? Satan wanted Eve to lack confidence in the command of God. And when Eve affirmed the command of God, including the consequences, Satan replied with a denial, which is, which is a stronger statement of doubt. You shall not die. See, doubt is a tool of Satan to make the people of God lack confidence in God's word and consider his judgment unlikely. And now the blame for humanity's sin, it doesn't fall on Satan, it falls on mankind. When an angel of the Lord visited Zechariah, he was told he would have a son in, in Luke 1, 11 through 17, but he doubted the word given to him. And his response was one of doubt due to his age. And, and the angel responded, telling him that he would be mute until the day God's promise was fulfilled in Luke 1, 18 through 20. Zechariah doubted the ability of the Lord to overcome natural obstacles. 
And so anytime we allow human reason to overshadow faith, sinful doubt is the result. No matter what our reasons may be, the Lord has made foolish the wisdom of the world, 1 Corinthians 1.20 tells us. And so even uh, the seemingly foolish plans of the Lord are wiser than the plans of humanity. Faith is trusting in the Lord even when his plan goes against human experience or reason. In fact, Scripture contradicts the humanist view, given a view that doubt is essential to life, as Rene Descartes taught and teaches that doubt is a destroyer of life. Uh, James 1, 5 through 8 highlights when the people of God ask the Lord for wisdom, they are to do it in faith without doubt. After all, if Christians doubt the Lord's ability to respond, what would be the point in asking him? Well, the Lord says that if we doubt while we ask him, we will not receive anything from him because we're unstable. James 1, 6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. In fact, the cure for doubt is faith in the Lord and in his word. For faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen says. In fact, the Lord uses the word in the life of the people of God to help them grow in the grace of God. And so Christians need to remember how, how the Lord has worked in the past because that defines how he's going to operate in the future. Uh, Psalm seventy-seven, eleven says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. And so to have, have faith in the Lord, every Christian must study scripture. It's there in the Bible the Lord has revealed himself. And once we understand what the Lord has done in the past, what he has promised for his people uh, in the present, and what they can expect from him in the future, they can act in faith instead of doubt. Now, there's many examples uh, of those in Scripture that, that doubted, but some famous one includes Thomas, Gideon, and Sarah, and Abraham laughing at the promise of God. Thomas spent years witnessing the miracles of Jesus and learning right at the feet of Jesus. He doubted his master Jesus had been raised from the dead. An entire week went by before he saw Jesus, time for doubt and questions to creep into his mind. And when Thomas finally saw the risen Lord Jesus, all of his doubts went away. Gideon doubted the Lord could use him to turn the tide against the oppressors of the Lord. In fact, he tested the Lord twice, challenging him to prove his reliability through a, through a series of miracles. Only then would Gideon honor him. The Lord humored Gideon, and through him the Lord led the Israelites to victory, Judges 6.36 tells us. Abraham and his wife are two very significant figures in the Bible. Both followed the Lord faithfully through their lifetimes. And even so, they couldn't bring themselves to believe one promise God made to them that they would give birth to a son in old age. And when they were given this promise, they both laughed at the prospect. And once their, once their son Isaac was born, Abraham's trust in the Lord had grown so great that he willingly offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You see, we can have confidence even in the things we cannot see because God has proven himself to be faithful, true, and able. You see, Christians have a holy charge to proclaim the whole world in season, whole word of God in season and out of season, which this requires thinking seriously. <coughs> um, excuse me. It requires thinking seriously about what the Bible is and what the Bible teaches. God has provided his word to Christians to read, to study, to meditate on, and proclaim to the world. And as the people of God, let's dig into the Bible. Let's ask our questions from confidence in the revealed word of God so we can grow in the grace of God and walk alongside others who struggle with doubt in our local churches. 
Well, I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.